Army veteran Mark Delaney started the Veteran Professional website and podcast to help you crush it after life in the military. And his newest project, Vet Journey, is guiding service members through re-entry into civilian life. Up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Buying a home can be stressful enough, so it's great to work with a lender who already understands the special situation of military families. Navy Federal Credit Union is here to help military members and their families tackle home ownership. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. All right, today we're talking with Army veteran Mark Delaney. You're the founder of the Veteran Professional Podcast and website. Got some other good things going on that we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, take us back. Tell us what you did in the Army. Yeah, sure. So one, thanks for having me on, Joe. Love uh, meeting other veteran podcasters out there. Always a, a fun world and good connections and everything. Uh, so my army career started off, I was infantry officer in the 82nd Airborne. So did some platoon time in a, a, a rifle platoon, then went over to a heavy weapons company. And then I deployed to Iraq and was uh, an AS3 there. Um, and then at some point during early on, you know, put in a put in a packet to go over to the soft world and ended up in civil affairs. So I served the 96 civil affairs battalion. So that's the, the soft battalion, um, aligned to CENTCOM within, uh, within the army. Awesome. And so ultimately how long were you in the army? I was just over eight years, like eight and a half years. Yeah. So you got packed quite a bit of experience in that short eight years. So talk about transition. Uh, what was that like? The good, the bad, the ugly, did you plan ahead? Or did it oh, just man. come up one day? Uh, yeah. I, I, I wish I could sit here and say <laughs> that I planned ahead and had this amazing roadmap and everything figured yeah. out. But yeah, no, that definitely was was not it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the first decision kind of coming to me was, you know, I, I liked the Army. The Army was fun. I, you know, I would go back and do it again. Um, but I was like, I'm, I'm ready to leave for, for a variety of different reasons. So I was like, so ultimately, that was kind of the first hurdle for me personally. It was just, making that decision. And it was, it was a, it was, a, it was a big decision. And I think it's okay for everyone to, to recognize that like, that's not an easy decision to make. You know, there's the, there's right. the mechanics of the, you know, going through the process and deciding, you know, where you're going to live and, you know, how you're going to you know pay for your family and all these kinds of things. But there's a lot of emotions wrapped up in there as well. Um, you know, there's the, the aspect of this is, you know, your time in service, probably defined the overwhelming majority of your adult life. And that is like, that, that's, that's not easy thing to escape. Okay. And there's also the aspect of, of guilt a little bit, you know, I still have friends who are serving. I still have friends who are, you know, going overseas and getting into harm's way and everything. And it's, it's tough to leave that. And it's okay for us to, to say that. And it's okay to say, I'm feeling these things. Um, and I put it out there just to try and like, normalize these experiences. Cause I know other people feel them as well when they're going through. So all that is to say is I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Right. right. I was like, you know, I got the, I got the GI bill, so I should probably use that thing. You know, my grandfather went to school in the GI bill. My dad went to school in the GI bill. I just graduated from school in the GI bill. So I was like, all right, well, I don't want to go be, I don't want to go to law school. Like, I was like, God, no, please. No. Absolutely not. I was never greater math and science. So like all kind of medical stuff, more or less out the door. 
I was like, I don't even want to go be like an academic researcher or anything. And then basically the last thing that was left on my plate was business school. I was mm-hmm. going to get an MBA. I was like, I knew absolutely nothing about what an MBA was literally other than what the letters stood for. That was pretty much about it. <laughs> so I was like, uh, you know, general leadership management, that seems like a pretty good fit from what I did in the military. Let me start looking into this thing. Mm-hmm. So as I kind of started researching it more, I was like, yeah, this kind of seems like the right fit. And then, you know, that kind of put me down going into the, the business school post-military route. And then as I started getting out of the military, like, you know, going through the transition assistance program and starting to actually go through mechanics within the army, I was like, man, this is a, uh, Joe, are we allowed to curse on the show? Yeah, a little bit. I don't mark it as explicit, but gotcha. I was like, this, this, this whole process is a shit show. Yeah. Okay. It, it really is. I was like, I couldn't find the answers to my questions. I, uh, so much of the process was you couldn't find the information anywhere. You had to rely on someone to like physically tell you it, yep. you know? Um, so much of it is like mouth to mouth lore. It's like passed down, like some type of, you know, oral tradition or something like, you know, we're like hunters the, and gatherers from thousands of years ago. Like, like that's the, how we kind of learned to get a Navajo Indian language. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And talkers, and I was like, yeah. this is, this is ridiculous. And so, I just started, you know, first I started writing about it on my website and kind of, you know, putting the lessons that I was learning, the information that I was gathering on there. And then it, it then evolves into, uh, you know, the podcast that I run as well. Um, and so that's, that's probably the the best way to encapsulate, you know, my personal transition from the army. Wow. That's awesome. So what are some of the, th- what are some of the things you're trying to capture with the, the veteran professional? Um, basically outlining some of your own struggles with the transition process and, reintegration with civilian society and all that. Um, where do you come up? I was looking at some of the stuff on your website before we got started. Some was pretty funny, like the whole, um, thank you for your service video from Kirby enthusiasm was great. Um, they did an awesome job with that when they had it down to a T that's hilarious, but I don't know how many times that same things happened to me, but, um, you got a lot of cool stuff and some, sometimes it's just funny, relatable stuff. And sometimes it's, you know, some of the stuff you get on there is very, uh, very professional and serious information. Um, you coming up with most of that on your own based off of your own experiences and people, you know? Yeah. So at least on the the website, uh, probably about 95% of what's on there is something it, I wrote. Um, I have had some, some editorial assistance from my, from my sister. Actually, she just likes reviewing written stuff and helping out. So she helps mm-hmm. out there sometimes. And then I have had a few, uh, a few guests do do a couple of posts. Uh, for example, you know, I've got a whole military to law school series that was done by um, the president of a veterans club at a like a top ten law school. He mm-hmm. put together that whole thing for me. It was a massive, massive effort from him to do that. Um, and yeah, I, I try and weave in like I want to give people good information, but I also recognize you know, this is, this is a veteran audience. Like we want to, you know, chuckle and laugh and be able to make fun of ourselves a little bit. So I try and, you know, interweave some, some realism, some humor, some just like relatable language into, into what I do there and everything. Mm -hmm. But really the impetus for it all, there were three main frustrations that I had during my own exit. Okay. So the first one is just the, the, and I realized this is like a little ironic because I kind of fall into this category, but the volume of resources that's out there, yeah. it can be, it is a dizzying array, an ecosystem of veteran transition stuff. Mm-hmm. And none of it kind of, like, no single source kind of does everything. And so, you know, if, 
you're on top of your game and everything. You start piecemealing together this patchwork quilt of, you know, nonprofits and websites and, you know, different agencies or whatever. Um, but there's not really like a great solution to kind of go do it all. And then kind of what I also saw there is that some of them were really good. Some of them were excellent. Some of them, like you could absolutely show up day one and like, they're going to give you some great stuff to work with. Mm-hmm. Some of them are okay. Like maybe they have like a very niche category or something, or you know, they've got some okay stuff. And some of them, honestly, is not even really worth your time. And so I wanted to provide a platform to elevate, you know, those kind of first two categories, especially to the top. So people would know about them. My second main frustration was that, you know, the, there's a, a lot of stuff out there for, um, for service members interested in going to get an undergraduate degree. And as I think like the emphasis should be there. Okay. You know, especially for like, you know, junior enlisted folks, who, you know, don't have a, uh, don't have a degree and they're getting out like that. They should be our main priority when it comes to, you know, educational, um, you know, benefits and programming and information and everything. Okay. At the same time, you know, one, if you're, if you're an officer getting out, you automatically have degree and then lots of NCOs and warrants get out uh, with a degree already. You know, my, Mm -hmm. the last uh, E6 I had on my team, I think he was working on his second masters while we were deployed. Right. Mm. And so I see like, you know, there's this great population of people who have, you know, the leadership experience and, you know, um, all like the great soft skills and experience that we get from the military. And now they're a great candidate for graduate school, but there's really not a lot of information out there about being that type of person applying to grad school. So I wanted to put some stuff out there about that. And then the last thing I felt was that the whole system, the whole, you know, transition assistance program and just the whole veteran transition network was just pushing everybody into going to get a job. Yep. just a job job, something to check the block and say, congratulations. Like we got Mark a job. Hooray. Yep. Everyone, our job is done now. Not something that's meaningful and impactful and is going to make you want to get up and work on something every day. And so what I try and do on my platform is give people the tools and resources to help them make you know good decisions to do something that is providing them meaning and value in post-military life. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, Completely agree. Had a similar experience years ago when, when I was, you know, the, the second time I was getting out, I was retiring. First time I got out, I wasn't retiring, but, um, mostly the reason I started this podcast was I started discovering a lot of great entrepreneurial resources out there for veterans and their families. And I'm like, I had no idea all this stuff existed. And I'm like, if I don't know this stuff existed, I guarantee you a lot of the other guys don't know this stuff yeah, exists. Yeah. So the whole impetus for starting the podcast is introducing uh, veteran, the veteran community to entrepreneurship through talking with other entrepreneurs. So, so what other kind of stuff you guys got going on these days? Yeah. So it was actually, uh, through the podcast, I ended up connecting with, this is like the, the I'll give you the full story just cause it's kind of fun to listen to, I think. Mm-hmm. So I did this podcast with a guy by the name of, uh, Brandon Shelton and he runs uh, task force capital. If, if I got the name right. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're a venture fund, uh, Brandon is an army veteran himself. It's a a venture capital fund that invests exclusively in veteran founded companies. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was interviewing him for the show and, you know, I posted about it on LinkedIn and then this guy by the name of Mark Biga, you know, commented on it. And, you know, I saw like enough appropriate buzzwords in his title and I was like, I should reach out to this guy. And so we scheduled a 15 minute call and then we were on the phone for like an hour and a half (laughs) and it was like, did we just become best friends and we're going to go do like karate in the garage now? Like yeah. that's kind of like what it felt like. Right. <laughs> um, it turns out Brandon and Mark lived down the street from each other and that's how they know each other. Okay. Uh, so 
I started connecting, you know, I started talking with Mark and everything. And a couple of years ago, he started this company um, called Military Hiring Accelerator. All right. And so it's a, a veteran uh, staffing agency. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, you know, Mark has 15 years in the, um, you know, in the recruiting space. He had a close friend. He was, he's not a vet himself, but he had a close friend. He was a vet. This guy unexpectedly passed away. And it kind of shook him up. And he was like, you know, what can I do for this community? And he's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, my expertise is in getting people jobs and working with clients to find the right talent. It's like, cool. Veterans, great talent pool. Mm-hmm. Let me work with these people and get them a job. So he started this company and they've been, you know, doing super successful for the last couple of years. As he was running it, he kind of felt the pain point of, man, like translating all these, you know, helping people with their resume and like translating military skills and experience into something the civilian world is going to understand. And then, you know, being able to parse through the, the, the complicated timelines that we have and getting out of the military and everything, it's tough. And it's a very, right now, the system is very analog and very manual. And he's like, there's gotta be a way I can do this, you know, bigger, faster, stronger through technology. So me, him, two software developers paired up. Uh, and now we have a company called Vet Journey. It's basically the idea of Vet Journey is, you know, we are a, um, easy to use web-based platform that takes everything you need to do during your military service, excuse me, during your military exit, puts it in one place. So what people are kind of really keen on, um, on this, you know, as we've done our beta testing and everything is, you know, we have a timeline feature and on the timeline, you know, we have all the things you have to do within the military. So all like, you know, the paperwork requirements and then all the things you got to do to, you know, make a claim with the VA, uh, you know, put together a financial plan, all that kind of stuff too. And then we have, you know, plans on there to help get you prepared for, you know, your first post-military career, finding that job, you know, preparing for an interview, all that kind of process that goes into the the job search and the job hunt and everything. So the way we look at this is we're going to build, you know, we are building a very useful tool for any service member during their exit. And we're going to offer it hundred percent for free. It's always going to be free, the service member and the veteran. Awesome. And the way we look at it is, you know, we're going to put this thing out there and just provide it for free with the expectation that your know, people will, will like this and it'll be valuable to them. And we're going to continue to build it and make it more valuable for them every day. And then that gives us a really great pool of talent veterans that we can then use to try and place in companies that are trying to see veteran talent. With all the PCS moves over the years, we've bought and sold many houses and we've used Navy federal many times for a home mortgage. They've always been professional and great to work with and they get the military. So you don't have to explain certain things to them about military pay and the VA loan. Navy Federal Credit Union is here to help military members and their families tackle home ownership. Buying a home can be stressful enough, so it's great to work with a lender who already understands the special situation of military families. They offer mortgage options with zero down payment, so you don't need to wait years to save. They offer mortgage options that don't require private mortgage insurance, so you'll save money each month. Members save $2,500 on average when they choose Navy Federal for their mortgage. And they're a top VA home lender. So check them out. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. All right, back tight with Army veteran Mark Delaney. So, uh, Mark, you're from the, the Veteran uh, Professional Podcast, and the Veteran Professional Podcasting website, sorry. And uh, also, we, before we, for the break, we're talking about your, your new venture, Vet Journey. So what is it that, what's the problem that Vet Journey is solving for employers? And what's the problem that Vet Journey is solving for veterans? Yeah. So one of the biggest problems that employers have with, with veterans is 
at first there's the, the translation problem of, you know, how did I take jumping out of an airplane in the middle of the night and leading patrols in Northern Syria to something that someone in the civilian world is going to understand and think mm-hmm. that that provides value to their organization. Mm-hmm. That's the, I think like the first big piece. The second big piece is the, is the timeline aspect, right? Veterans, like we want to start, you know, during your exit, you want to start looking for that job and everything. Like you might be looking 12 months out, but guess what? Like an employer doesn't really want to hire you 12 months out. You know, they, right. they want to wait until the last, you know, two months, maybe more likely you might even have to wait until you get out before they actually want to make an offer. Right. Yep. That, that can be a real challenge. So what we want to try and do for the employer is provide a tool that starts providing value to service members. Um, you know, and our target is 12 months prior to your exit, providing all the tools you need to have a successful exit. And our thought process is if we can start working with you early, start getting you prepared, then we can start working through some of those, you know, translation problems. We can start turning you into a really good looking candidate. And then, you know, we've got you in our pipeline. We've got the connections with the companies and everything. And then we can start forecasting and like providing analytics to this. And that's the really important piece. So let's say a company says, you know what, we're not hiring right now, but we are starting to build out a project. And we're expecting that in nine months, we're going to need 50 uh, help desk administrators. Right. And we can say, cool we've got 500 people in our, in our pipeline right now. Um, 400 of them say they want to go be help desk administrator afterwards. These 250 say that, you know, they have a location that matches up with what you want to do. These 75 say, you know, they have the, the exact certifications and skills that you're looking for. And then we can start working with those 75 people saying, you know, prepping their resume, getting them ready for the interview and everything. And then that way, when they're done, excuse me, like when they're out of the military, boom, like day one, they can show up and be ready to roll. Okay. So that's how we kind of view solving that problem for the employer. Mm -hmm. And then I think that the other part of that too is, um, you know, so I'm, I'm working with Mark and his company, military hiring accelerator right now and companies want veterans. They, they, they really do. Uh, there's the, there's all the soft skills and everything, but like we also have lots of great hard skills too. Um, I think it really in particular for a lot of like enlisted folks who get like, you know, really great technical training in whatever it is they did in the military yeah. and their skills are really sought after in a lot of places in the civilian world. Okay. Um, but they just have a hard time finding them. Well, cool. If like we can provide that, that pipeline of talent and say, listen, like we're going to be able to provide you all of these, you know, great skill sets, then that's really attractive to an employer. You know, there's been talking about this for years on, on the podcast, and th- there is this Grand Canyon, this great divide between employers who want to hire veterans and veterans who want to work for these companies. But there's always this huge distance between them. And a few of them figure out how to bridge the gap, but the gap and, and the divide's always there. It's just, it's interesting how that works. And there is a translation problem and there is a, there is an issue with employers not, not right. Re- I mean, the veterans need to need to transition and become educated on how to speak civilian and the employers need to educate themselves and learn how to adapt to hiring veterans. And um, there's a lot of veterans out there that think that somebody owes them something when they come out of the military. Cause everyone's saying, thank you for my service and all that. And, but one thing a veteran cannot do when they go to the job market is act like anybody owes them anything because an inter- somebody interviewing them will smell that on them immediately. And that's not what, what they're looking for, of course. But um, 
the the translation and you you mentioned soft skills and hard skills, which is great because we we talk about that all the time also. And um, employers tend tend to focus on all the hard skills, and a lot of these guys don't have the certified hard skills, but they got phenomenal soft skills, and they can train them on the hard skills. So, what what are the kind of things since you're in this in this space in this arena? What what are the kind of things are you seeing that contribute to that big gap between employers and veterans? Yeah. So there's definitely the, the, I, I think in particular, like the translation of the soft skills. Okay. And so, you know, yeah. I, I just yesterday interviewed by this guy by the name of uh, Chris Perkins. So he's a Marine Corps officer. He was, um, you know, he was in Ramadi in 2004, saw some like very intense combat and then, you know, left the Marines and wanted to go work in finance. Right. So he was interviewing with, it was actually his Lehman brothers that, you know, now collapsed bank from mm-hmm. 15 years ago or whatever. Uh, so he was working with, he was interviewing with Lehman brothers and they're like, listen, like you don't have any finance background. Like you're not an Excel whiz or anything. Like t- talk to me about why you think you should hire, like why we should hire you. And he's like, listen, what are you doing every day? You want people who can take in a, you know, a dizzying array of information. Like he was, he was kind of going after like a trading type job. You know, this dizzying array of information. Look at the different risk profile of you know the, the options and decisions that are on the table, and then quickly and confidently make a decision, and then be able to communicate why they made that decision to someone. He's like, that's what I did day in and day out managing an artillery battery in combat. Was you know I had this dizzying array of information often a very incomplete picture in what exactly is happening. Mm-hmm. I then had to, you know, go through the different decisions that I had, you know, talk with my, talk with my NCOs around me to figure out, you know, what's the good, bad, and the ugly of what we may do here. Mm-hmm. And then when I make a decision, be able to back it up with, with reason and be able to act quickly and, you know, get that information out to the people who make the decision. And when he described it like that, they're like, Oh, dang you actually are a great fit for this. And we can teach you all the hard stuff, right? We can right. teach you how to do the, the, uh, the Excel sheets and, you know, looking at spreadsheets and everything. You're, you're going to learn that, but being able to talk through that value of, you know, what you did in the military, how it applied to them. Super helpful and useful. Yeah. Phenomenal way of putting it in. You, you could, you could take a lesson from that in almost any kind of job interview when you get yeah. that question, why, why should we hire you? You can extrapolate, his answer into whatever it was you did and whatever it is, whatever job they're applying for it. It's not necessarily easy to do. Um, no, no, it's not. You know, he yeah. probably had some pretty, some coaching and he'd rehearsed that one and knew it was coming. Um, but you know, explained it in a phenomenal way. It's good yeah. thing he didn't get with, go with Lehman brothers anyways, though. No, he did actually. And he was there, he was there when they collapsed. He's been wildly successful since then. So it has yeah. an impact in many a way. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll say a quick plug for him too. If anyone out there is listening, you're interested anywhere in the, the crypto or blockchain space, he runs a nonprofit called veterans and digital assets. It's oh, really? entirely focused around, um, getting veterans into careers in, in that world. And he was also one of the co-founders of veterans on wall street too, which is another great organization. If you're trying to get into, um, you know, jobs in the finance sector. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I got, I got a, you know, my buddy tour fellow Cobra pilot in, in the Marine Corps w- went into Lehman brothers uh, when he got right. or so uh, who knows they might know each other. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, um, we're getting towards the end of our time and we still got some, some time to go. Um, what, what kind of, what, what's one of the messages, resounding messages that you would like to get out to those that are looking at a transition uh, on the near horizon? 
Yeah. Yeah. A couple things on in there and you, and you mentioned this earlier and it's a message I give to my audience all the time of nobody owes you shit. Okay. Like you, you volunteered to, to raise your right hand and mm-hmm. you'll give everything up to and including your life to your country. Okay. Mm-hmm. We thank you for that. I love each and every one of you for doing that. And like, that's why I do what I do because I want to help you out. Okay. Yep. No one owes you anything for that. Yep. Now, there, you know, there are things with, you know, veteran benefits and like, you know, some reworking at the, the VA that needs to be done and everything, mm-hmm. but you cannot expect to just show up somewhere and have someone hand you anything just because you're a veteran. Okay. Right. And the sooner you realize that, and the sooner you internalize that, the more successful you're going to be afterwards, because people are going to want to work with you. No one likes anybody who's walking around with a sense of entitlement. And just because you're, you're a veteran, you shouldn't have a sense of entitlement. All right. So that's, that's the first thing that I try and share with people. The second thing, and I think we're, you know, we're doing this right now is leverage the vet net. Oh my gosh. It is, it is deep and it is powerful. I have, I reach out to veterans all the time in all kinds of different industries and roles and whatever. And yeah, you know, when we, when we get on a phone and have a conversation, the first minute we might be making fun of each other, like, oh, you're some you know, dumb army guy. And like, oh, you're Marine, you're eating crayons and Air Force, you're sitting in a chair, whatever. We're going to, we're going to, you know, do that little banter for about 30, 45 seconds. And then it immediately is like, how can I help you out, man? Like you're, you're, uh, you know, my, one of my brothers and sisters in arms and let's figure out how we can move the ball forward together. Yeah. You know, there's a Marine that invented edible crowns, right? He like, he, uh, yeah, he got, he got yeah, a Marine yeah, Corps. Yeah. You can buy them on Amazon. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Talk about em, em, embracing the stigma. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love it. <laughs> That's great. So regards to entrepreneurship, most people listening to this show theoretically have some kind of interest in entrepreneurship, you know, instead of getting out and getting the J-O-B. What kind of advice comes to mind when you're talking to somebody in the middle of their transition, you know, getting close to getting out, maybe they already got out and they got the job, and they're looking to do their own thing. Yeah. So I, I like to try and highlight a couple of different paths towards, towards entrepreneurship. Okay. Uh, I think when people think entrepreneurship, they think, you know, big, sexy Silicon Valley tech startup. Right. And like, yes, that's, that's a thing that's out there. Okay. That you can go do. And like going the startup route is um, totally an option. Okay. Mm-hmm part of that too, that I do want to tell people, you know, I, I get the question all the time. Like, you know, I'm, I'm founding a new company. When someone asks me inevitably, one of the first questions I get is well, like, how, how much venture capital have you raised? I'm like, listen, like I, I don't define myself as an entrepreneur by how much money that I've raised and every good investor that I've ever talked to, you know, that's like a giant red flag to them is when a, when an entrepreneur equates their, their, their worth and value to like how much money they've raised. Okay. So I just say that to say that raising money and everything is, is a tool to help you grow your business, not a measure of your worth as, as an entrepreneur. Right. Right. So there's the startup route. There's also franchising, which I think is a very overlooked path. Um, you know, I had a guy by the name of of Joel blanking on his last name right now, but he was on my podcast. He's a franchise broker, a Navy veteran and franchises love vets. They love vets because what is a franchise? It's a prepackaged set of standard operating procedures to run a business. All right. Startup, you're creating everything yourself. A franchise, more or less, it's, you know, all kind of in the box. There's still going to be some heavy work and heavy lifting you got to do. And you're still, you know, ultimately in charge of that. But that's why franchises love having veterans as operators, because they say, this is a person who knows how to take, you know, already, you know, take standard operating procedures, take standards and just run with them. 
So franchising is also a great, great option. And then the last thing I'll talk about, and I think the people, if you're new to this concept, it seems like an absolute crazy idea, but it's called entrepreneurship through acquisition. And there's a lot of different flavors that that can take, but you can buy a business. All right. Yep. And when I tell people that you can go buy a business, they're like, well, Mark, don't I, don't I need like $5 million in the bank? I'm like, absolutely not. All right. Uh, I know people who've bought a business with zero of their own dollars. They've used, you know, SBA loans and, um, you know, outside investors and something. And like, mm-hmm. they've been able to get a, a business worth a couple of million dollars with zero of their own dollars. All right. Yep. That is totally an option. There was a, uh, a guy that I interviewed by the name of John Hubbard. And he was a um, enlisted infantry guy. Then he also went in civil affairs. We actually just missed each other in the same battalion by like a couple of weeks. Uh, he gets out. He was your first working as a, um, he was working as a contractor, some type of general contractor. And he was working as a cop. And then he had someone who was like, hey, John, I think you should look into this entrepreneurship through acquisition thing. And he was like, okay, whatever. So he goes on this site called searchfunder.com. He posts on there and says, hey, uh, my name is John. I'm an army vet and I want to buy a business around Tampa, Florida. And like, that's all he said. Next day he had an inbox full of messages from investors who were like, Hey man, I want to talk with you. All right. His first investor and the guy that ended up, you know, being, I think like, uh, maybe a 30% owner of the company and helped him get started. They went out they grabbed beer and wings. The first 20 minutes they were kind of talking business and this guy was like, Hey man, I think you're really cool. Um, I'm ready to invest. Can you just talk to me about Afghanistan? Cause it's like a really cool story that I'd like to hear more about. All right. <laughs> so after posting that thing, six months later, he was now the owner operator of a uh, custom trailer company and he is just straight crushing it right now. All right. And Very this was true. a dude didn't have, you know, some fancy MBA. He wasn't, you know, a, a retired Colonel or something like that. Mm-hmm. He was a, an army grunt and now he's running his own business awesome. and he's got a fantastic, great life. That's all it takes, man. Just some, yeah. sometimes just people. Do. And that's interesting you mentioned that because the SBA will tell you 80% of startups fail. 80% of existing businesses succeed. Right. So talk right. about, talk about a turnaround in, in, in yeah. percentages. Um, and there's a, there is a big push to, to get qualified veterans leaders to come in and purchase a lot of these businesses because the baby boomers are aging out. All of those custom trailer companies that have been around for 40, 50 years, the HVAC, the electrical, the plumbing companies uh, that employ 50 people in the small town, they don't want that company to go to go under. When And the, and the guy who's run, been running it and his wife, they're ready to re, you know, retire and, and, and punch out. Um, but yeah. they'd like to have some money, you know, um, so, you know they want to sell the business or maybe have a, have a fixed income off the business. And there's ways to make that happen. And, veterans are perfect people to come plug into those, those situations and have them run something that's existing already and, yeah. and manage it and, you know, trustworthy and bring them up in the, bring them up in the business. And it's, it's, there's a lot of goodness happening out there with that. And I know, I know we're, we're running a little bit over, but two, just two more things I do want to add on to that. Mm-hmm. So um, I think in particular, like you talked about, you know, the, the business owners, um, you know, a lot of times these are, it's someone who built, started this company and they've been running it for 30, 40 years or something. Yep. They know, they know their employees, they know their customers. Like this is their community. This is something they care deeply about. And you know, they're set a point in life when they want to move on and they want to retire and do something else. Okay. They don't want to just hand it over to anybody. 
Right. They want to hand it over to someone who's going to care for it, right. who's going to be loyal, who's going to be a person of integrity and honesty. And a lot of these small business owners, they love the idea of handed, of selling this thing to a veteran. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the vets that I've talked to who've gone through the process to try and acquire a business um, and the investors that I've talked to who work with those veterans, they all say, if, if the first line of your email is, I'm a veteran looking to buy a business, automatically, you know, your response rate goes up like 50% because people just want to work with you. All right. Yep. And then the last bit there too, is that, you know, the category of in particular, you know, veteran owned businesses or service disabled veteran owned businesses, especially ones that do contracting with the government, their unique competitive factor is the fact that they are a veteran owned business or service disabled veteran owned business. And they need a veteran to come in and run it, or they need a service disabled veteran to come in and run that business or else they lose their competitive edge. Yeah. So, or they might even have that, current contracts that, Right. It's got to right. be a veteran with a, you know, with, with a certain rating or something like that in order yeah. for the company to maintain the contract. I mean, it's. Yeah. And so like you're, you're, you are, you are the, the savior who can kind of come in and keep that business alive and keep all those employees and their families, you know, maintaining their careers and keeping food on the table for all those people and everything simply by the fact, um, I mean, you can't just be any, any vet walking off the street with a, you know, disability rating to go running you know, a 40 person company or something. Mm-hmm. But like you can be that person to come in and keep that company going. And that's a really important big thing. Absolutely. Great stuff. Awesome. Well, Hey Mark, uh, thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial story. Um, looking forward to your future success with, uh, the veteran professional podcast the website. And then, and then also vet journey. I mean, it's, it's good. You guys are doing great things. So looking forward to seeing what you guys do in the next couple of years. Really appreciate it, Joe. Thanks for having me on today. You bet. These two veterans are asking Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.